So we are starting, or <laughs> it's going to be over before you know it, a, a little two-part mini-series called Connect and Grow. Uh, we're not, we just don't have it in us to be terribly clever here for a couple weeks. So in case you miss anything that is said in the next couple weeks, the point of what we're doing is to help people connect and grow. So I've got that out of the way. The rest is just, just frosting at this point. Uh, the reason we're doing this is we think connection is, is important, what I'm talking about tonight, that there's something special that happens that God can do, in fact, when we connect with each other in ways that can't be done on our own. And so I'm a little curious, the type of connections we already have here, I did this this morning as well, and it was, it was an interesting spread of folks. So I'm not looking to embarrass anyone, just it's a raise your hand thing, but I don't believe any embarrassing questions are involved. Uh, so I was trying to think of the right time frame. If I said, if you've been here connected less than a week, that would really single you out. So we're going to start with if you've been connected here in any fashion, just showing up for worship, saying hi to someone, coming in, then leaving as quick as you can, whatever you call that, for less than a month. Would you just throw a hand up real quick? So folks who've been here about a month or less. Interesting. Those who've been here for under six months, uh, the new batch. All right. How about that have been here a year? connected somehow. Back there, here. Wow. Those who have been connected since, I don't know, two or three years ago when we had our, our first annual grand opening. <laughs> or, so we had some folks there. Interesting. This is the traditionally, we've always had an evening service. This morning, which is a service we've only had for the last year, the folks that have been here less than a year way outnumber the people who'd been here from kind of launch team days. So, so really interesting. So connections. We have all the spectrum here. In fact, some of us can remember when we had our, our other grand openings prior to Artisan that were involved in other ministries. So is there anyone that's been connected, not to a spouse, but to someone else here for that four to five year range? Do we have any of those folks? Yeah, we got a few there. All right. I think I win on this one, which is why I threw the question out. Um, I always like to win. I'm connected to someone here for 16 years, and I'm not married to this person, which is a, probably a good thing. Um, when I was a first youth pastor, 1992 to 94, fresh out of college, uh, youth pastors are not supposed to get too connected to their students that they're ministering with, sort of stay aloof a little bit, and I don't know, see how many marshmallows you can stuff in your mouth, and memorize Bible verses was somewhat what they told us to do. I did different things. Uh, well, there was a young man, 16, then 17 years old, that I connected with. And even though I wasn't supposed to have any favorites, he was my favorite. And you guys might know him as Scott Austin, one of the staff guys here at Artisan. So connections that go way back. And for some bizarre reason, Scott and I are still doing this stuff together. So God must have some plans for those connections. So what I want to look at is what happens when we start pursuing connections like that. But often it's helpful to look at the, the flip side, when things aren't what they should be. And then we'll, we'll shift towards the positive. But here's one example, or one way to start looking at connections that are gone awry. First uh, Peter chapter 5, end of verse 8. says, like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around, looking for someone to devour. So pretty graphic image there, right? 
Anyone who's seen, you know, the Nature Channel, Discovery, Discovery HD, you sit in front of it and just drool. It's just, there's something in our brains that loves the HD, at least the male brain. And uh, who gets eaten in the specials? It's that straggler, right? It's that one little, little creature that's off by themselves. It's that fawn that doesn't know to not go drink the water next to the logs that blink. And so the image is of being disconnected. And the danger when we're disconnected is that we end up being meat. (laughs) That we're just meat on the hoof. That this world will chew us up, devour us, spit us out. And so we don't want to be disconnected. We don't want to be off on our alone, vulnerable to what this world can throw at us. So that's run reason to be connected instead. But it can go too far the other way. There can be a a style or type of connection that's equally unhealthy as being disconnected. We begin to see this a little bit in Acts chapter 17. We have the Apostle Paul and his traveling companion Silas. They're just letting folks know who Jesus is, offering for them to be connected to what God is doing through forgiveness, the leadership of Christ, and involvement in his community of people. So it starts off well enough, Acts 17, verse 1. It says that after Paul and Silas had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And, and Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days argued with them from the Scriptures. So describing, explaining this coming Messiah and proving that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, this is the Messiah, Jesus, who I am proclaiming to you. And so he, he offered for folks to connect to that. And it says some did. It says some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. So this beautiful picture of connection. Jewish people, non-Jewish, the Greeks, men, women. Uh, it's implied there that folks of no means at all, those very influential, these leading women and other men. But there were some folks who were misconnected. See that in verse 5. It says, but the Jews, that capital J, usually talking about the religious leaders, the, the authorities, those who had influence in that community, they were not real excited about these connections. And it says, they became jealous. And with the help of some ruffians in the marketplaces, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. So to be disconnected is to be in danger of becoming meat for the world around us. To be misconnected, though, sets us up to be drawn into a mob, to to be part of something that as we join forces with others, it's worse than if we had just been on our own. I look at my own life, particularly before coming to Christ, I was definitely more of a mob member. In fact, I was more of a mob leader. I was really good at gathering people together, but misconnecting us and doing damage to those around us. So we weren't in any danger of being devoured. We were the devourers. We weren't going to be consumed. We were consuming. So two negative pictures of connection. What to avoid. But what would it look like to be fully connected? What's the picture there instead? 
If we don't want to be meat, if we don't want to be just part of another mob, what could we look forward to? And here's where we get into it. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, paints this amazing metaphor for the kind of connection we hope for here at Artisan and in each, each person's lives. It says, for as in one body we have many members, all these different organs and systems and subsystems, all these parts working together, just as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many form one body in Christ and individually are members one of another. So the picture is of this well-functioning body made up of all these different members. And that's what, we're, that's what we're talking about. That the connections allow us to be involved in each other's lives in a way that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. To be fully connected. Instead of being devoured or devouring, to be devoted to one another. Instead of being consumed or consuming, to be creating. And in fact, since God designed us to be in community, to really begin to be consummated in what he's wired us up to be and do. And so what could this look like? What are some of the attributes that, that this well-functioning body would have? If it's different parts, how do they work together? In Romans 12, verse 6 and 8, continues on. It says of these members of the body that we have gifts, different abilities and talents. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So by God's grace, we are not all the same. We have something unique to bring to this body that Christ is putting together. Some, it's being prophetic, speaking God's truth boldly to a situation. To do that in proportion to faith. Others, it's ministry and ministering. To some, it's being a teacher in their teaching. To the exhorter in exhortation. To the giver in generosity. And to the leader in diligence. And to the compassionate in cheerfulness. And so we begin to see how the body is made up. And then we can imagine what starts to happen as these parts work together, as they connect. You can imagine, you may be this person or you know this person that's just incredibly compassionate. They can't help but care for people around them. And whoever's life they come in contact with, that person is better off because of their interaction. They just give and bring healing and hope. But often aren't always the best leaders. In fact, some of the most compassionate people can't lead themselves you know, out of a paper bag. Imagine when you connect that compassionate person with a leader who knows how to put together systems and opportunities and even a church community where those things can happen. And then that very leader who might not be terribly compassionate and merciful on their own. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to carry on. Those who care are going to help Ken. That's just the way it's going to work. What if that rather compassion deficit leader helps this compassionate person serve? They get to participate in what the body does. How about that person that's incredibly gifted at teaching? has an unbelievable way of communicating truth 
particularly God's truth, in a way that folks can understand. But often find themselves teaching their cat because they're not terribly good at finding other people to teach. You know, and their cat's just the same as the day they got it, maybe worse. You connect that teacher with someone who has an incredible gift of, of drawing people, inviting them, who can't leave their front door and make it to their car without having another person come along that has to call Sunday afternoon one of the pastors, again, just saying, and says, we need two extra cars to come pick up some folks at Eastman. We got too many. And then the cars show up, and you have to jam four people into one of the back seats because, well, between the call and showing up, an extra person just, just came along. And then those people, those carfuls, get to sit under great teaching. That's amazing when those connections happen. And we could s- describe all the different scenarios of people who are part of artisan, of folks you have in your life. That's what begins to happen when we connect. And this body works. But how does it keep its cohesiveness? It's a beautiful picture, but how do we keep it from falling apart? How do you keep this body of members from disintegrating into meat? How do we keep this body of people from devolving into the angry mob? Have you been to that church, right? Yeah, it's easy for it to go that way. What do we need to do? And here's where the body begins to take action. Because a body lives and breathes and and does stuff. A body just laying there is a cadaver. That's not what we're shooting for. And so here's the actions that go along with those attributes. Pick it up in Romans 12, verse 13. And here, verse 13 in particular, here are the key things that this body does when it's fully connected. It says in verse 13 that it contributes to the needs of the saints, extends hospitality to strangers. And I think the rest is just descriptions of how this works. Paul commands those who are listening, including us. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Because we're connected. We're in this together. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. It's a good one for me to hear. And do not repay anyone, evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. And if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So those are the actions. So what do we do with that? What's the application of those things? You may have caught the the graphics that go along with the series. You got a bolt in there. Uh, It's inside the front panel uh, and what's been on the screen. But Chrissy Walsh, one of the members of the body here, uh, she did the graphics. She brought that for us. And as she was thinking about what it means to connect and grow, the metaphor or the, the idea that came to mind for her was Facebook. So she borrowed sort of the look and feel of that. So anyone familiar with Facebook, it's a little online social networking community where you do things like poke each other and zombie bites and waste time and accept friend requests, apparently. It's all you do. 
Uh, and then freakishly, 80 people tell you happy birthday when your birthday comes around. It's just things like that. Well, in the, in the Facebook world, which is, a, which is a world onto itself, there's these little apps, these little applications that get installed. So what are the apps that we hope to install at Artisan in this biblical social networking realm? Well, one of them begins with this idea started in verse 13. That verse 13, I think, is the hinge of this passage. And the first half of verse 13 simply says, contribute to the needs of the saints. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Where we meet the needs in each other's lives. Those who are raising their hands that have been here for any length of time, I suspect, you can bring that up, Todd, that first part. I suspect that part of the reason you're your way, keep going. Uh, part of the reason that you've connected here is because there may have been a need. A need as simple as just being welcomed. A need as profound as, as needing a place to live or a job or counseling or healing or any of those things. And that need may have been met. And I also suspect that even more strongly, the reason folks have connected is because they found that this is the place there where what they brought was needed. And they were able to contribute to the needs of others around them. And found in that a kind of fulfillment that does not come from just living on our own or being part of the mob. And so our app for this is that we simply call people to journey together. To live life together. And in fact, it's, it's exactly that. We've, again, not, not real clever sometimes. In a couple weeks, three weeks, the week of October 19th, we'll launch our second session of, of small groups here. Those groups that run for five weeks, which have a focus of either connect or grow. It's all, you see how it all comes together? But one of the groups is a real special one this time around. And it's simply called Journey Together. And it really balances both those ideas. And what it is, is a place for those who feel like it's time to at least explore what being a member might look like, to be part of that, to, to do that five-week small group experience and see if, in fact, this might be a place God is calling them to connect. And as, uh, as Pastor Scott jokingly says, but with all seriousness, um, to those who come to the journey together, it's also a wonderful place to find out this isn't where you should connect. And each time we do the journey together, there's a handful of people that not only don't become members, they discover this isn't where God has them. And we help them get connected somewhere else. And so I want to challenge folks to look at that application. Again, real simple. I'm not trying to be clever here. If you think God's calling you to connect, an artisan might be the place, then on the big super wall out there, you might want to throw your name down on the Journey Together sheet. Begin to check out what that would look like. But if we're all about contributing to the needs of the saints, that's not far removed from, from the mob, is it? we do that long enough and in, 
and intensely enough where we're just meeting one another's needs, we become another tribe that's just in it for ourselves. And so that's why it's so important to catch the second half of that passage where he says at the end of verse 13 that we're to extend hospitality to strangers. So we contribute to the needs of the saints. And one of the ways, the app that we installed here to, to get that process started well is journey together. But we can't all be about just us huddled closely. We need to extend hospitality to others. And I love how bold the statement is. Extend hospitality to strangers. We don't skip over the others, but it's easier, isn't it, to extend hospitality to the family member? Though Thanksgiving puts a little test on that, right? A few more weeks, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Extend hospitality to family members, to our friends, basically to those we're already connected to, is much easier. But what about those who are disconnected or misconnected out there? Christ calls us to extend hospitality to them as well. And so what's the app that we want to see installed here? Is it just a little simple, small one? Or is it something rather bold? And really it depends on how healthy we think this body is. It really depends on what we think God's calling this group of members to do. And so here's what I think. I think, yes, we should journey together. But when it comes to extending hospitality to strangers, here's what I think we should do. I think we should invite by the thousands. Did he put an extra zero in there? That's not a typo. That's a crazy idea, isn't it? And some of you really liked when I was saying, let's connect and let's journey together. I threw up a number and you're like, oh no, it's going to be one of those churches where it's all about numbers. I go, oh, now I'm going to have to find another church that's not healthy and growing. Um, There's going to be too many people. I'm not going to get to know each other. We're not, there'll be, the line will be too long for pressing cider. And I won't get to press my cider if we invite by the thousands. Well, let me give this promise first to set minds somewhat at ease, but to in no way remove the challenge. My promise to you, the staff and leadership's promise, is as we pursue these things, as we pursue the calling of Christ to, yes, extend hospitality to those we do not yet know, We will do everything in our power and through Christ's power to keep the connections healthy. Some of you who raised your hand earlier for the one month or less than a year, you think this is the way it's always been here. Those who raised your hand that's been here more than a year, especially those who've been here two, three, four, even pre-artisan connections, you know better. If you remember, about 13 months ago, Actually, let's go back. About two years ago, as we were in our first year of of being a new church, people would come to worship services in particular and say, it is so wonderful how people know each other and how I can have conversations. And I love 
how small this church is. And that was, that was a very high compliment, how welcoming and warm and friendly. Then around 14, 13 months ago, it started being, I don't know how to get to know people here. Or I've been here for a year and I, I still don't feel connected. And we did the crazy thing of saying, you know what? We're not big enough, but we're going to do it anyways, and went to two worship services. Because we wanted people to connect. And instead of being 100 people jammed in a room, we wanted folks to come in and, and know and be known. And what's been amazing is the morning crew in particular, which has now grown oftentimes larger than the evening service, you always love it when your kids are healthier and stronger than you are. And the morning service is often bigger is it for attendance that people say, oh, it's so great to be in a small church. That's twice as big as it was a year ago. It's so wonderful to be able to know each other and say hi and be friendly. But if we invite, invite by the thousands, that's going to get ruined. Well, unless we just keep hacking stuff. Don't be surprised that come next fall, actually be surprised if this doesn't happen, that there's not two morning services and two Sunday night services. Not because we want people for the sake of people. Hear this. Because we don't want people devoured. We don't want people just part of mobs. We want people connected to Christ. And if we can be one of the places that happens... We're going to do it. And so invite by the thousands. Here's our high-tech way of going about that. Try to think, think of something. Find something that no matter what people's gifts and abilities were in the body, they could do this together. This is one of those entry-level bodily functions. Uh, that is not in the notes. Uh, if you can walk for an hour or two, I think we've got something you can do. If you can read a map well enough to not get terribly lost and also know how to dial a number if you do for the pastors to bring you cocoa and some other stuff, you're going to be okay. Here's what we're talking about doing. In the next 10 days, we are going to do the incredibly high-tech invitation of literally thousands by going around and just putting door hangers in these neighborhoods. Because within a 10-minute walk in any direction here, there aren't dozens, there aren't hundreds, there are thousands, many of whom are disconnected and misconnected. And so it's that simple. When we finish up worship tonight, here on our super wall out there, there'll be a a place to, to sign up for a, a time block where you'll come by, get 150 of these things, a simple map, and just walk around and invite. And if we do that as a body, we'll see some folks show up and maybe get connected. And so those who are worried that uh, this will be far more than you think it is, we're not talking about knocking on doors. You're not going to pray with anyone. There's no sidewalk counseling. 
if you can do this and then rinse and repeat, you're going to be good. And if someone says, hey, what's that? Here's what you do. We're a church in the neighborhood. We're just inviting our friends. All the details is there in the Just keep going. Just keep going. Mike and I, first year we were doing this way back. Mike, one of the other pastors, we're doing door hangers and our personalities lend themselves to either just keep going or having a long conversation. It may not surprise anyone that I was able to just move along as this wonderful Russian gentleman wanted to engage me in a conversation and, and I was friendly, polite, gave him about 60 seconds because I had like 500 of these things to put out. And, I, and he said, oh, if you're ch- interested, check it out. Like 10 minutes later, I look back and Mike is still talking to the guy learning about how he hates the communist and he used to be a cosmonaut and now he eats rations that were made behind the Iron Curtain and, and Mike learned his life history. That's okay. If that's how you're wired up, talk with the Russian. But then put the door hangers up too, okay? So, we're talking about being connected because that's what Christ calls us to do. That as we've grown these last few weeks and months, a lot of new folks coming in. We could be in danger of being misconnected. We could be in danger of letting folks exist disconnected, even though they show up. And so before we go inviting a whole new batch of people in, we want to spend these two weeks connecting and growing and focusing on that. Next week, Pastor Brian will bring us the growth part of this, which has a lot to do with our small groups. But real simply, journey together, invite by the thousands. It's just that easy. We want to be the living body of Christ, the body that he's building to be in this neighborhood, to reach out to those who are disconnected and misconnected around us. And so as a way to respond, we never want this body to be invisible. It needs to be a visible body. Christ is meant to be known in the world. And the way he chooses to do that is by his Holy Spirit at work amongst the members he brings together. And so I want to ask our members to do something. Again, hopefully not embarrassing. You won't have to move very far. If you're already a member here that's committed to journey together, would you just stand up? That's all you got to do. And and stay standing up. Uh, Cool. I want to thank you guys. Again, I'm going to end up embarrassing you. I I apologize. But you signed a piece of paper. What are you going to do? The reason that God is growing things here, bringing new people, blessing what's happening is not because of Jason or Brian or Scott or Mike. Or, it's because of members who share their gifts here. And this morning we had even more standing up, and there's plenty that are scattered about this week, this weekend. So stay standing for a moment. There's some of you here that are contemplating, is this a place to connect? And more than any wonderful words I might say, I think these guys are the best incentive for why you'd ever want to be part of this deal. Because these are the folks you'd get to roll with. These are the people that you would connect your life with. 
And so if you've been here for even a little while, and you sense God is calling you to connect here, that journey together, five-week group experience, you should sign up for that. And to kind of get yourself in the mood, in the mode, I think you got to stand up and just say, you know, I'm going to explore that. And so if that's where you're at, go ahead and stand up, and then I'm going to pray for us. That's all you got to do. Well, as I said this morning, if no one stood up, that would have been okay. That would have been great. No, it would have been okay. This is great. So now, I know what the visible body and where we're going to grow is happening. So now I know who I'm talking to for this next part. And so you guys that are already connected and committed, and those who are going to try it on and see if this is the body you want to be a part of, for a season, because that's how we do it here. It's a one-year commitment. Every year, our membership goes to zero because we refuse to be a place that has fake connections. The second part of verse 13 is for you guys, to extend hospitality to the stranger. And so now I know, combined with the folks this morning, that we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 more people who are going to invite by the thousands. You already stood up, so I suspect you can walk. You blew it. That was a trick. I hope you guys will do that. In fact, that's the expectation, because that's what Christ is building here. For those who are still seated, I am so glad you're here checking things out. I want you to know there is no pressure. In fact, this is the way it works. We set the bar real high for members, And we open the doors real wide for those exploring. And if at some point you think God's moving you to make those connections, whether you are not a follower of Christ and he wants you to connect with his grace and forgiveness, whether you're a disconnected follower and he wants you to connect with a body of people, that always remains open. And so I'm going to pray. And if while I'm praying, other folks feel like they should stand up as a physical act of prayer, you're welcome to do that as well. And so let me pray for those who are standing and those of us who are still figuring it out. Let's pray. So God, first I thank you that you are a God of connection. In fact, in your very nature, you are interconnected in a way that we cannot wrap our heads around. One God, yet Father, Son, and Spirit. And because we are created in your image, we are created to be connected. To not be devoured by this world and all it throws our way to not be misconnected and causing even greater damage to your creation and the people you love, but to be fully connected. And so my prayer is in the coming days, this church community, this body of Christ locally expressed at Artisan Church would become more fully connected. And that those who are standing in particular would be at the forefront of keeping those connections strong and of taking the high calling of extending hospitality, starting with their friends and their family members, their close neighbors, but yes, extending it to strangers. And so it is a genuine prayer 
that I say that as we walk through these neighborhoods in the coming two weeks, just doing something as seemingly simple as putting a door hanger on a door, that we would do that with an attitude of prayer, that you would bless those efforts, and that as we walk around, just inviting in a simple way, we'd be praying for those behind the door, that if they're disconnected, that they would find a connection in Christ and with his people, that if they're misconnected, they would find a new sense of connection and purpose for their lives. If they're wonderfully connected already to Christ and his people, that they would be blessed and that that local church would be even more effective, would flourish even more than artisan. And that as we do these things, as we journey together and invite by the thousands, the connections that you have in mind for the people you've made, that those would happen. And so we commit that into your care and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Yeah. Go ahead and have a seat. So, for the remainder of worship, you are welcome to respond as God leads you. One of the most profound ways we do that each week, which is why we do it every week, is at the table. This table that wonderfully tells the story of connection, of God come in the flesh who sits at a table, a place of connection, and breaks bread and shares the good stuff, not the cheap wine, the good wine, with friends and with strangers, with the beloved disciple John, with the betraying disciple Judas, and with the Peters and Thomases in between, and invites them to connect. If you are looking to be connected to Christ, to continue nourishing that connection, to even start it for the first time, the table's for you. Come, tear a piece of the bread, dip it in the wine of the juice, and take and eat. And then keep praying and worshiping. And be thankful for the connection God offers in Christ that then allows us to be connected with each other. Amen? So continue worshiping as God leads you.